Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of The Brotherly Gist. I'm your host, Tayo, and if this is your first time here, welcome to the family. Why don't you consider hitting the subscribe button to become part of our notification squad? That way you'll be able to know whenever a new episode drops. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for joining me once again for a brand new episode. As always, please continue to like, share, comment, subscribe, the whole works. It really means a lot and it really does help the platform as well as the podcast to grow. If you don't know, you can leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. You can also leave a rating. So whatever you're doing right now, please stop. Go on to the ratings. Give me a five star if you love what you're hearing. So right now we're going to go right ahead and kick off a brand new segment of this new season. So with this being a brand new season of the show, I decided to usher in a new segment of the show, which I've entitled the Brotherly Gist Award Ceremony. What the Brotherly Gist Award Ceremony is, will be a virtual award ceremony held every week in which we will acknowledge an individual who has either broken ground in their career, done something remarkable to uplift community and society, or has just shown a level of dopeness that's worth talking about or worth noting. So the first honorary recipients of the BG Hero or Brotherly Gist Award for the week goes to Dr. Michael Obeng. Now, some of you might be wondering, who is Dr. Michael Obeng? And like you, the name also wasn't familiar to me, but something that was familiar to me, and I'm pretty sure is probably familiar to you too, is the story of Tesca Brown. Now, when you hear the name Tesca Brown, you might be thinking, that doesn't sound similar or familiar to me at all. Tesca Brown is AKA Gorilla Glue Girl. Yes. The woman that went viral on social media for sticking on Gorilla Glue on her hair in order to force edges and in order to enhance her beauty. Now, you might be wondering, What does Dr. Michael Obeng have to do with Tesca Brown, a.k.a. Gorilla Glue Girl? Well, the truth of the matter is that Gorilla Glue Girl tried everything. She tried washing oils. She tried soaps, shampoos. She even went to the emergency room. The whole works. You mention it. She tried everything, but nothing worked. Her hair was literally stuck and she was doomed. That was until Dr. Michael LeBeng stepped in and rescued her. Through a concussion of various oils, acetone and some other mixtures, he was basically able to save her and salvage her hair for her. I think this is really dope. But more than that, The other thing that makes Dr. Michael LeBeng really dope is the fact that he hails from Africa. He is originally from Ghana, even though he's currently based in Beverly Hills. But he's a West African brother like myself, which I think is pretty cool. Another pretty cool thing is the fact that when he started out 
or rather when he entered the US, he was only worth $200. Today, he's worth an excess of $8 million. That is pretty cool. And because of that coolness factor and the fact that he was able to help Tessica Brown, aka Gorilla Glue Girl, to salvage what was left of her hair, I think he is the only person worthy of the BG Hero of the Week award. So well done, Dr. Michael LeBeng. You are today's BG Hero Award winner. Big ups to you. Today's conversation and topic is inspired by a movie that's currently streaming on Netflix called Malcolm and Marie. Malcolm and Marie is a movie that follows the life of two individuals in a relationship whom, after coming home one day from a movie premiere, break out into a series of arguments that unravel the true levels of toxicity, unhappiness, and frustration that lies within their relationship. I think this changes the narrative that is often put out on social media that couples seemingly have it all together and that there's nothing that is possibly going wrong inside their relationship. Today I'm joined by Gideon, Ken, TJ and Andrew to help me unpack the ugly side to love or the side to love that no one hardly speaks about. I think to kick things off, I'd like to find out from you guys from your experience or in your opinion, what are some of the factors that cause a relationship to move from a place of happiness and bliss to a place of hardship, toxicity, and even boredom? Uh, I think there's, there's multiple reasons. Um, you know, it's very hard to pinpoint one because it's, it's usually very specific to the couple and, you know, very circumstantial. But I think that the biggest one is when two people feel like they're not on the same page. Um, no matter the reason, um, as long as two people feel like two couples, uh, you know, a couple, uh, you know, man or man and woman, or you know, same sex couple, um, they, there's usually that misunderstanding when they feel like they're not on the same page. That's one. I think that's the big one. And then the second one, what what compounds yeah. the first one is when the you know one party feels like the other party is not listening. So first of all, we're not on the same page. And then, you know, I articulate that we are not on the same page, but I feel like I'm not being listened to or I'm not being heard. You know, I feel like those, that's the yeah. big, that's the primary reason why, um, you know, couples will argue and it starts to move into a place of toxicity. All right, Andrew, what, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah. Like, what, what do you think is the reason for it? So like, you know, human beings are funny creatures, right? Um, I'm going to give an example. Have you ever had that really nice shoe, right? For me, it would be Air Forces. You get it and you like, you keep the shoe clean and shiny every day until you can't wear it anymore. And then three months into the, into your owning them, they're dirty and you just wear them how they are. How, yeah, you wear them how they are. And uh, that's in essence kind of what leads to a breakdown in, in relationships as well. You are so eager to please yeah. each other in the beginning. You, you, you want to know what the other person likes, what the other person loves, what they don't like. And then after some time of getting used to each other, the world turns now. It starts becoming about you. you know. Um, and I feel that's where 
relationships take a turn for the worst because you stop feeding it. You stop um, putting in the effort and you always now look at what the other person is doing wrong. And when, when it comes to arguments, you never want to listen to the other side of the story or even fathom that you were actually the one who did something wrong. So I think in the beginning, what makes a relationship great is that you're all trying to please each other. You know, you're trying to make sure that yeah. your relationship works. And what makes it go wrong is that you stop, you stop caring. You stop trying to put in that, that effort. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think for Can, me, yeah. the, the, the one thing that I think causes that sort of transition from bliss to toxicity is, I think, I'll call, I think it's a breakdown in communication. Um, and, and I think it's a breakdown in communication in two ways. So I think, like Andrew said, <clears throat> there's absolutely nothing wrong with, you know, going into a marriage all excited, looking to please one another. And, and by please, you know, I'm hoping everyone is talking about like sacrificing their partner and doing all those wonderful, you know, um, things that we know will, you know, kind of take the relationship to where it's supposed to, to, to go. Um, but I think, the, yeah, but I think it's, it's yeah, that yeah. breakdown in communication in two ways. One, um, yes, absolutely, we should do everything and do all the wonderful things for one another. But I think people tend to not recognize that that's what they're doing, right? So I think a lot of people start a marriage or get into a relationship trying to deceive themselves, right? So there's there's not a whole lot of self-awareness in the beginning of a lot of relationships. So people are not really aware that what they're doing in this moment is not something that is in their nature. <laughs> so, 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 you know, but it, to be, so exact, I mean, it's, I mean, it's uh, like, I mean, romance <laughs> is one thing, right? Romance, romance is so one I thing. <laughs> Romance, romance, romance is one thing, right? But I think, it, like in general, it's like, you know, yeah. as an example, Tayo, like if you and I were living together, like you know, you're leaving those dishes for five days, like you know for a fact, you're not washing them every single night, right? But now, but now, no, but, they hear me. but now you're married to Puffy, right? Puffy has like a little bit of like, you know, a little bit of an OCD spirit as most women do, right? So when the spirit of OCD overtakes her, she sees those dishes and she's not waiting for, for after PlayStation or after an Arsenal loss for you to wash those dishes, right? <laughs> she expects, she expects, she expects yeah. it to be done immediately, right? And now you're like, oh, baby, I love you, I love you, I'll do this, I'll do this. Then in 12 months, you realize that, damn, bruh, like what, <laughs> what I really love doing is actually not washing dishes at all, let alone washing dishes in five days, right? So I think you you need to recognize that, like, you're what you're doing is for predominantly the sake of God and then secondly for the sake of your wife or your partner, right? So that when you have those moments when you can't, right? When you when you when you as like as human beings where you where you're weak, where you can't, you know, you've had a long day at work, you can't do the dishes immediately, whatever, that your partner doesn't have an expectation that is unreal. Um, of you so so when you have those dips but she understands that this is my partner and and vice versa then i think going forward 
you begin to balance the expectations you have of one another, but there is no deceit, like, and I mean self-deceit. Mm. Um, mm. And, and I think that's key. And it's when they don't mm. communicate in that way, you know, I, I believe the relationship begins to break down. And then the second way is just really talking about how you feel about a specific situation. So I think people miss that in the beginning. They think it's best to keep quiet or whatever um, when you should be actually training yourself on your approach with your partner, like how to approach a matter. So so that's the other kind of communication that I think uh, yeah. relationships. Mm. 100. That's oh, solid, solid. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually, I actually like that point you made of you know us setting sometimes unrealistic expectations prior to the prior to the relationship. Um, you know, guys go into the relationship going promising that you know what I'll be washing dishes every day. You know, every time she comes to your spot as a bachelor, your spot is neat. You know, little does she know that before she came, <laughs> she just cleaned it five minutes before. This is not a true reflection of. Of who you are, you know your drawers and stuff are always on the floor, you know. So maybe it's worth yeah. communicating from the <laughs> from the offset. But anyway, that's that's just a that's just a funny point. Yeah, Gideon, man. Yeah, uh, first, what do you thank you? You know, like for always allowing me to bring it home. You know, like always just you know put all the, bo- the points together. Oh. oh God, man! You're, you're going first in the next so, one, bro. Um, but like I, I liked the points that um Maninga and Ken made, like. So your question was heavily loaded, you know, you said that what sort of makes, what sort of allows a relationship to go from bliss to a point of, you know, no return or basically a point of heavy toxicity. And I I, I liked how Malinga brought the example of, you know, that uh, basically summing it all up, it comes up to familiarity, you know, you basically get to a point whereby you become too familiar with the person in every single way. So, um, a lot of a lot of sort of um, that that respect for this person sort of dwindles over time, and it's like as you said um, in the at the start, you stop you st- you stop doing uh, or giving a damn about the small little things that actually made the relationship really special. And uh, and you mentioned it very clearly. Said that effort yeah, sort of drops. And what I liked about what Ken said is he mentioned a very important point, which is. Um, you know, acts of sacrifice, right? So the effort comes with you sometimes not doing something that you actually particularly like, but doing something that like allows you to, you know, it's, it's, it's an act of service, an act of sacrifice for the other person and it's done with love. And when that is sort of, whether it's forgotten um, based on circumstance or whether it's sort of misplaced based on a situation that you guys are both going through, be it conflict, be it whatever, um, you know, situation that happens, like TJ mentioned in the beginning, you know, those points of discord between um, uh, partners in a relationship. I think that's really where the toxicity, you know, is, is, is birthed. And that toxicity, like, we can define it in many ways. It can be, um, you know, that lack of respect, that deep disrespect, or it can be even malicious thinking. It can literally be, a whole spectrum of how um, partners act in a way that really disrespects the other person. You don't really care about um, the other person. And you said it very clearly, Ty. You said you go from a place from selfless selflessness 
to a place of utter selfishness. And I think that is really where that yeah. break in, you know, where the cracks start to form in a relationship. And, you know, Ken spoke about, you know, the context of a marriage. And also there is, you know, that's, I, I like how he put it, but there's also the context of whereby um, people are, are obviously you know, not really yet at the marriage stage, but they really getting into a deep um, relationship whereby, you know, obviously they come from the honeymoon phase, then they're going to move into, you know, a much deeper, um, you know, meaningful relationship. However, um, you know, the same, the same, um, the same issues lie. Bad communication will lead to, you know, a decline in, 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 in that which you say is, is like a blissful a blissful situation. So yeah, I definitely think that's the case. Mm. No, you guys you guys actually raised some 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 very like important points and some some thought provoking points as well. You know, like the whole issue of expectation versus reality, um, you know, selflessness versus selfishness. Um you know, being able to to sacrifice for your partner, communication, which is a big one. And even the one that you also mentioned now, Gideon, about just, you know, respect within a relationship and how usually when that flies out of the window, um, the the toxicity starts to starts to filter in. But, you know, I, I want to talk about those things. But, you know, before I lose my train of thought, you know, Ken spoke about communication and um i was just thinking to myself that you know some couples have this bad habit of bottling up their their frustrations and sweeping issues under the rug you know to avoid confrontation and with hopes that you know the issues will magically disappear over time Mm -hmm. or that the matter will resolve itself and usually by the time the next argument or or big fight occurs you know there's a lot of resentment piled up you know there's a lot of piled up anger that wasn't dealt with for a prolonged period of time and, you know, it usually leads to a heated exchange where, you know, foul language is possibly even, you know, used. Um, I'd like to find out from you guys, because it, it, it's something that I don't think I've heard anybody kind of like speak about before. Yeah. And Gideon, you're going to go first. Yeah. Um, Always bring it home, you <laughs> seeing know. as you, you like to bring it home. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, I'm just, I'd just like to find out from you guys, you know, like, where do we actually draw the line in what we're able to say and not say to our partner in the heat of the moment? You know, and, and I'm asking this because something that I noticed whilst watching the, this movie, Malcolm and Marie, that disturbed me quite a bit was the amount of profanity mm. the couple used against each other. You know, and to, to the point that you were just talking about, Gideon, about disrespect i mean you guys haven't seen it but you know if you do eventually watch the movie i mean the level of disrespect like i get that we get angry i get that you get frustrated but is there a line that you draw in the sand to say okay this is too much or do you feel it's better to get it off your chest say what you need to Mm -hmm. say in spite of how you know I, I I really particularly appreciate how you like frame that question. Like um, so, here's my thoughts. I definitely think there's a line you cannot cross in a relationship, and I feel that that is often the point of no return. Like in 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 all kinds of relationships, and uh, so be, this is so. I was actually having a, a discussion with my cousin. Uh, shout out to my cousin who's flying me who flew in from Uganda. 
Um, so basically what happened is that, um, you know, we're discussing this and we, 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 we basically had these thoughts. You know, when you, everyone gets into arguments, we're all human beings, we're all going to get, have differences in opinion, et cetera, et cetera. And in a relationship, these particular disagreements or points of conflict are, are very uh, like heightened based on the obvious factor, which is emotion. And the fact that this person, you know, you have, yeah. as you guys mentioned, you have expectations of how they should treat you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden, this person in your life just says, hey, listen here, you piece of, you know? And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> You've never heard that before. And, yeah. we, you know, my thoughts were, yeah. Yesterday, yeah, I, was your, I was your chocolate. So I'm just Today a I'm different a type of, of chocolate. <laughs> so it's like, you know, uh, my thoughts are just like, they definitely, <laughs> they definitely is a point of no return. And that line literally needs to be, very particularly like emph- like emphasized and the reason for this uh, guys as what i want to sort of bring to attention is this one fact you always especially in conflict you always have to leave room for reconciliation that's something very important you know it's one of those things whereby when you say something and you know i i i particularly like this uh person that i'm currently going into uh, marriage with uh, God, God, God mm. willing in every single thing. Mm. And shout out to Madame Bay, uh, Samantha. And basically, what's happening is that she always says this um, particular point to me. She says, You know, during conflict, you always have to be particular about what you say because there's something, things that you can never take back. So you say it, it's out in the air, it's out in the, it's out there, and you can mm. never take back. So when you, especially those points of conflict, you have to be especially sensitive to what you say. And it comes back to the point that you always have to leave room yeah. for reconciliation, meaning that when you're in conflict, which, which will happen because we are human beings, we never have perfect days every day. Not every day is going to be baby, baby. No, there's going to be those days, as Ken mentioned, when you're just tired, you don't want to, you don't care. You don't want to do the dishes. Your arsenal just lost. You just don't give a damn. And then she says, take out the trash. And whatever. Every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> let's not get into Arsenal. But yeah, so long story short is just that whatever you say to her at that point in time, whatever you say to the person will determine so much in the, in the, in the progression of the relationship. And that could either make or break. That creates those cracks that you never really see and as you mentioned, Teo, these are the things that sort of propagate later. So my feelings are definitely there's a line need to be drawn. Always leave room for reconciliation. That's my main point. Thanks. But I hear what you're saying. And, you know, you, you raise some valid points. But I, I, mm-hmm. I actually, like, wonder as you were speaking, is that something that people speak about before they enter a relationship? I mean, do you sit down yeah. with the person that you're dating or the person that you're going to marry and you guys say, okay, yeah. what is the line that we don't I, cross? I, I definitely okay, hear you. So the thing what, is, what words yeah. don't you use? You Go on, swear. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, you know, because I'm, I'm just thinking as you're speaking, you know, between Rafara and I, mm-hmm. I don't think we actually had that, you know, conversation. I don't know if that's the case with 
you know, yeah. TJ or, you know, with Ken uh, or Andrew and, and their significant yeah. others and even you yourself, Gideon, whether you actually sat down and had a conversation and said, okay, we don't use mm-hmm. certain words when we're in an argument or do you wait for that first yeah. argument to happen first? Only then to say, yeah, okay, so, I so Tayo, I like how you phrased it. And, you know, so uh, the guys are going to elaborate more on this. But, you know, the, the, the main thing, I liked how you said, like, obviously, when you're growing into a relationship, there's no conflict. It's at the beginning, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's romantic. It's stars, moons, magic, you know, everything is great. But obviously, as it progresses, um, a lot of things change in terms of the, the whole familiarity. You get to know the person more. There's certain things you get to see for the first time. And there's a lot of things that are going to be um, revealed to you during conflict. And those are the points whereby you actually ask yourself, wow, um, because this happened, am I comfortable with that or am I not? And, you know, Ken mentioned it earlier. It's that communication from the point, for example, you just had a big fight with Fafi, right? I'm not saying this happened because you guys are awesome. And, yeah. and, you know, so at the, after that thing, you always have to have, <laughs> we do fight, yeah. you know, that talk, you know, that whole, you know, that deep reconciliation talk, you know, that deep meaningful conversation that you're going to sit down with the person and say, okay, what exactly happened? And personally for me, we have that, um, even we, we make it a point, which is quite interesting for, for, for me and Sam, we make it a point that we have those moments whereby we sit together and whether it's good times or not, we actually have those simple conversations and say, listen, are we okay? Are you happy? Are you this? And you'll find that someone actually has an issue with something mm. that you never thought was an issue. But coming back to your point, it means that, yes, um, you have to have those conversations saying things like, okay, the fact that you shout, you raised your voice at me, that is unacceptable. So someone will actually know that your point of, like your point of like disagreement, I can't be talking to you with a raised voice. That's one. And that's one thing that obviously someone will know because we're human, obviously mm-hmm. that could become, uh, you know, someone would do the same thing again, but that's not a diff- that's a different topic. But um, to answer your question, Terry, yes, um, you get to the point where you define what you, you define the line as you go. And, Sometimes it's it's said it earlier. It's it's easier said than done, but as 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 Ken really mentioned, and I like how he emphasized it. Communication, communication is the key. You need to be able to talk about conflict, especially conflict after it happens, and actually sort of have like an even like you know let's let's discuss the points. You know, let's let's have a chat and say, okay, this was not on. This is mm. okay, and that actually helps you guys define the things. Some people are okay with swearing. Some people are okay with shouting. Some mm. people can walk away from a relationship when that happens the first time. So define what you guys call the line very early in the relationship if possible. And I think that helps you guys prop like in the future. So yeah, that's it. Quite interesting. Yeah. I'm keen to hear from the other guys and maybe, you know, TJ, you, TJ you're, an, you're quite an expressive person just by nature you know have you found yourself in a situation where you're doing a post mortem with uh with coquetso or you know whether from your present experience or past experience you know have you actually been in a situation where you 
kind of define what the line or what the boundary uh, yeah, is definitely. as far as fights um, are concerned. But before I even before I even elaborate on on that answer, I just want to take it back to the first point. I think it's very important to define what toxicity means in relationship because mm-hmm. people are di- mm-hmm. people are people mm-hmm. are different. You know, um, mm. you know, some people mm. feel like no, we shouldn't be fighting in a relationship. But I, I completely, um, I beg to differ on that point because I was one of those people, and I just thought that you know my relationship must just be peaceful, mm. nirvana, you know. And then I met Koketo, and we fought a lot um, while we were dating. I, but you know, I, I did, we then coined the term mm. uh, fighting forward. You 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 need to you need to fight forward because that's how you guys get to know each other yeah. and establish boundaries. Koketsu does not want me chatting to you know she doesn't want me chatting to girls at a certain time or girls messaging me at a certain time. And we fight about it because I don't want to be in a relationship where I'm controlled or you know a relationship where there's rules. Um, I don't want to be asked where were you. I want a, a relationship based on trust. Yeah. Um, but again, trust is earned. Already, we're already fighting and arguing about that. I can I can promise you and tie your your privy to some of the arguments that we had uh, while we were dating. Um, you know, on a broad on a broader level. But I can promise you now in relation, we've been married. What this is our third year of marriage, and Kogeto and I don't fight in marriage we literally hardly fight yeah. why because i know already literally from a to z the things that she doesn't like the things that tick her up there are fundamentals in our marriage mm, that yeah. we don't fight about we don't have to talk about it we don't need to discuss it i know she knows my fundamentals now we would have very light arguments mm. about i promise you the most mundane things about just literally, we never the things that make and break other relationships. Koketsu and I sorted it out while we were dating. Issues with girls, issues with guys on her side, money issues. Who pays mm. what? Who ends what? How do we? Literally down to the T. So want to fight in a relationship, and they feel like that's uh, it's a mm. sign of toxicity. I don't agree. Obviously, there's more nuances and details that need to be ironed out, but. Again, that's why it's very important to define toxicity. What is toxicity? It will differ from you know person to person and relationship to relationship. Now that being mm. now that being said, to your question around um, putting boundaries yeah, and having that conversation around what is toxic, absolutely. We obviously didn't define it and say you know let's sit down and put rules in place to say what we can say and what we can't say. In the middle of of the argument, we you know, you, you, you're very heated, you know, as you mentioned, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an expressive person, but I already know that I can't raise my voice. That's one thing that we said to each other. We can't yeah. raise our voices at each other. And this came from the first day I screamed at Koketo. She literally stepped back and she, she cringed. She literally, she, she put her hands up almost like to cover her face. And that made me feel like crap you know because it's almost like you know she felt like i was going i was going to hit her and i from that Uh, day i have never i I don't raise my voice at her um because i know that's a no-no it's 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 a definite no-no things like swearing and you use things like profanity i swear a lot so when i express myself that f words you're going to hear it and you're going to hear all of that stuff it may not be toxic in in my world but that's the (laughs) thing about having that line you know some couples need to 
put a you know a line in the sand to say we don't use swear words. Yeah. We don't get personal. That's another line for Koketso and I. We don't talk about family. You know, you you can't just be like you passive ish. You know, your mother is a B and she did not raise you proper. Like what the why? What the fuck? Though? You know, like you yeah, open dishes. What like? You know, so we don't. So already, I've given you two examples, and I mean, people need to define it. It's important, but you wouldn't really know until mm. you start the fighting, and then that's why communication is important. As I stated in my first point, that it's important. If someone swears and you don't like it, then after the fight, when you guys are reconciling, say, "I don't like that you swore." I don't like that you, you know, and one, another thing that we don't do is we never use the word never and ever. So, for example, I don't say to Kuketsu, you never do X because it's it's such a big thing to say that she never does something. So we try and be as specific as possible to say on this day or at this time, you did not do this, not you never do. Um, or I, you know, I will never, ever you say something we don't try our best to keep promises so those are just some of the boundaries and the long and short of it is you need to define it you need to say in your marriage what it is or your relationship what it is that you want to do and what it is that you cannot absolutely tolerate when you guys are fighting and i think then the third part that goes to toxicity is you know we can speak about you know whether our relationship is toxic or not but some, the truth is not everyone is good for everyone. And that's why people need to have fundamentals of the part, the kind of partner they want to be with. Um, you speak about happiness, uh, but sometimes some people are just abusive. Some people are just narcissistic. And you know that that's not the kind of person that you want to be with. And toxicity will forever then be a part of your relationship because this person really cannot see past themselves. Um, so not every relationship is, made, is, is meant to work out. I think that's the part that I'm trying to say. Just have your fundamentals. And if someone is not meeting your fundamentals, then leave. Um, don't yeah. try and force a, a round peg into a hole. And I think that's what I, I think that's the biggest issue in a lot of relationships. Two people that are not meant to be together trying to force it to work. Um, yeah, I think I just wanted to draw mm. draw that in. Yeah. You also mentioned something that was quite interesting that I haven't actually heard of before. Like, if you don't mind, just maybe briefly elaborating on what you okay, mean. Okay, so for me, the concept of fighting forward is we mean? will fight, but the, 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 the objective of the fight is to get to know each other and to establish fundamentals um, so that we don't keep fighting about it. So I, I don't fight with Koketo about women and whether or not, um, you know, someone a girl being in my dm should happen or should not happen it shouldn't happen whether i understand it or not it's coquetso's fundamental the respect because people can misconstrue things you know sometimes it's not yeah. about the action sometimes sometimes it's about perception as a married man you have girls in your in your dms and um, you may be having a proper conversation but the question is if you found guys in my dms talking about whether it's politics or not, would you feel comfortable with that? Already we were fighting about that because I felt I'm a, you know me, I'm a social person. I'm an outgoing person. Most of my my friends are girls. Um, I was like, no, I don't want to be in a relationship where I'm controlled. But we, we fought forward to a point where 
it's no longer an issue. So we have established the baseline for behavior and what is acceptable in a relationship and what is not. That's for me, the concept of yeah. fighting mm-hmm. forward. Someone will look at those fights and the, the frequency of those fights in the past and think, yo, these guys are toxic for each other. But that's not what we were trying to do. We were trying to establish through communication what what our line and what was her line and what is acceptable to her and what is acceptable to me. And that's the concept of fighting forward. You can't keep having the same fights about girls in marriage. Mm. 10 years later, you're still fighting about what your, your girlfriend told you in a relationship. Then someone is not listening or, you know, vice versa. You, you can't be telling the, the woman the same thing that every time we fight, you yes. can't slap me because you 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 know you're emotional you know it's like yeah i'm a man i can i can take it but that's abusive you know the fact that you're a woman doesn't mean you must slap me you know so you fight you know once twice three times you fight forward you establish that baseline and it doesn't happen and that's the thing about fighting forward is that you then move on to other things that you have to almost you know incorporate we call it uh, it's a change management tactics it's called numbing forming storming and performing you you norm you 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 start you fight you get through so you can establish a high performing team, but you have to fight you have to that and that's the storming phase you have to storm to get to a point where yeah. you can now start performing together and 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 that's the thing so couples that think that you know what no we shouldn't fight in a relationship I don't personally agree with it I feel like you guys must fight forward and establish that baseline of behavior and you know the fundamentals in this relationship. Um, and if you do it right, then you find that you literally don't, you guys know each other so well that you don't keep fighting about the same thing. So that's, that's what I mean by fighting for. Um, okay. No, actually quite interesting. I think you and Gideon made quite like extensive points on, on, on that question. And, you know, I would have loved to also hear what Ken and Andrew think, but I think, you know, for the sake of time and obviously to kind of like press forward, there were some points that Gideon and TJ made. Um, you know, they mentioned that there's certain things that you don't say in a relationship or you bring up in a fight. Like, for example, I think it was like TJ that made the example about, you know, my mother or family or whatever it is. And, you know, I was just thinking that something that triggered me like quite greatly whilst I was watching that movie, Malcolm and Marie, is the fact that um, Malcolm, the guy brought up something that his girlfriend Marie had shared with him in confidence, you know, some time back to use as ammunition against her during their argument, you know, and the reason that this triggered me is because I recall once dating someone, you know, whom I shared something quite personal with, you know, and they later brought it up to validate their point in an argument that we were having at the time. Maybe Ken and Andrew Singh, as you guys didn't speak, you know, on the last point, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel that there should be certain things about your personal life, be it, you know, in the past or even presently that you shouldn't feel the need to necessarily share with the person you're in a relationship with or in a marriage with, if it can be used as leverage against um... you in the future? So unfortunately, that's all we have time for today, folks. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Brotherly Gist. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a comment in the comment section below, give the podcast a good rating, and share it with your friends on social media. 
Join me next time for another exciting topic and discussion. But until then, take care and God bless.